Brought to you by the WZIP Sports Team, this is Sports Power Talk Overtime. Featuring in-depth interviews. I didn't really plan to ask this, but since you brought it up, what's it like kind of having like your own meme? Like, how does that make you feel? <laughs> Exclusive original content. He crosses paths with another best in the world. Oh, that gets you excited, don't it? Look. Oh, that gets me excited. And of course, the hottest takes. My dad used to have this saying, if you don't like the series, you don't like football. Well, like- I say I'm a pretty big football fan, and I despise the <laughs> Okay, okay. <laughs> so get ready, because it's time for SPT Overtime. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of SPT Overtime's Mock Draft Series. Once again, my name is Matt Permuke, and I'll be your host. And joining me, as always, is... Patrick Weber. And... Mitch Bates. Gentlemen, how are you guys doing today? Doing good. How are you doing, Matt? I'm, I'm doing pretty good. You know, we're recording this a Friday morning before this comes out, so this is going to come out on Monday the 17th. We're recording this 9 a.m. on the 14th. Freshest information for you guys that we could possibly have. So, Mitch, how are you feeling this morning? I don't know if I asked you that feel great it's the earliest i've woken up in a minute but i'm ready to get <laughs> it's to okay it. man i'm caffeinated we got the mock drafts ready uh but let's get into what this episode is going to be this one's going to be an afc north tailored mock draft so we're going to talk about the cleveland Browns, cincinnati Bengals, pittsburgh steelers and baltimore ravens first three picks of the draft and then what these teams each need on day three and mitch He's the lone Seahawk fan up at the station, so he's going to be talking about his Seattle Seahawks, their first three picks, and what they're going to need on day three as well. So, you know what, Mitch? You're the only Seahawk fan. The guests get to go first. Uh, take us into Seattle, you know, recap their offseason a little bit and get into some of their draft needs. Floor's yours. All right. So, for the Seahawks, I think we had one of our best offseasons in a long time as far as bringing guys in, because we know Pete Carroll does not like to pull the trigger on free agents unless they're questionable in talent, like low-risk, high-reward type guys. Yeah, yeah. But this year we bought in Draymond Jones from the Broncos. Stole him from Cleveland. You stole stole one of Cleveland's own. I love that, though. That's Uh, a great signing. I'm still angry about that. Brought in Bobby Wagner. Well, brought him back after one year of absence. He was in L.A., we brought in Devin Bush, which is one yeah. of those low risk, high reward things. I, I think. can tell you all about Devin Bush. <laughs> oh, don't, don't. <laughs> another time, it. another <laughs> time. <laughs> and the other notable signing that I had was Julian Love. And he's a safety player for the New York Giants. He's pretty young, and we got him on a pretty solid deal. Not too much money. And I, oh, yeah. as a Notre Dame that. fan, I love Julian Love. I always have a soft spot for him. Yeah. I think he's going to be really good. I think we're going to put him in the slot sometimes. And they said like a little, Oh, he can play a slot. He can, he can do everything. He's very lengthy too. Yeah. I definitely like that signing. It's among the top with Draymond Jones up there. And as far as players we lost, it wasn't too many and not too many notable names, but Rashad Penny, Cody Barton, Ryan Neal and Gabe Jackson were the top four names that I had. Okay. And Rashad Penny, that woman doesn't really matter to me. We got Kenneth Walker. I'm not worried about running back. Cody Barton, I didn't like Cody Barton when he was in Seattle. It's just, I don't know. You, He has such a high ceiling. Like, you know, it's not, he's not going anywhere past where he was, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I got it. And Gabe Jackson, they're paying him ungodly amounts of money so we're just like we're not gonna do that for someone who didn't even start Mm -hmm. back half of the year and ryan neal going to tampa that hurts me a little bit because ryan neal was very underrated 
and I'm going to miss him, but Julian Love is going to take the same exact role that he played. So going into our three main needs going into the draft, I think defensive line is obviously on the top. We've been looking at Jalen Carter and Will Anderson, guys like that, Tyree Wilson even. Running back, I think, is another need just because we have Kenneth yeah, even, Walker. Even with Kenneth. Like, yeah. Kenneth Walker's special, man. Like, He's special. Do you do you need another back? Like I think you do. I feel like a ton of teams that have great backfields have two or three good running backs in the league these days. And we have Kenneth Walker and nobody. We lost Travis Homer, too, which the casual NFL fan might not know that it is. But we lost him. We only have DJ Dallas and... Kenneth Walker. I would like to add like a power back, maybe someone to take the load off of Kenneth so he doesn't get injured like Rashad Penny always did. Yeah, he was. Yeah, it was. He was always on IR. That was an experience. But, and the last knee was wide receiver. We lost Marquise Goodwin to the Cleveland Browns, actually. Yes, you did. Uh, but I'm okay with that. You know, we got Tyler Lockett and DK. We have D. Eskridge, which is a huge question mark. I have no idea what to expect from him. Mm-hmm. So I think adding a little bit of depth there and a playmaker through this draft could help. Yeah, okay, very solid offseason recap. So uh, what picks are you going to be talking about with Seattle specifically? I know you have two first-rounders, but what about after that? Yeah, I also got picks for pick 37 and 52. Okay, all right, well, the floor is yours, man. So at uh, pick number five? Yeah. All right, who do you think they'll take? Well, what position do you think they could target, and then who could they potentially take? I think they are most definitely going D-line here. Now, whether that's an edge rusher or interior D-line remains to be seen. It kind of depends on where the teams ahead of us go because I think we're trying to leverage that pick a little bit with teams that need a quarterback. Fair enough. No, I, I say that. Do you guys think – do you think it's possible that you would take a quarterback in this draft? I do think it is possible. Okay, because, like, I, I would – that was one of like the dark horse teams I saw. And I think that was very interesting to me. And then I looked how they structured Geno Smith's contract where yeah. only the first year is guaranteed and the back two years are team options. Yeah. It definitely looks like a non-guaranteed I mean, deal. Yeah. I mean, it, you guys think you'd pull, you think Pete Carroll could pull the trigger on like Anthony Richardson or like a CJ Stroud if he falls? Knowing Pete Carroll and John Schneider, the GM, they are not pull the trigger guys in the draft. You know, we, tend to pick guys too early that's been our theme for a little Mm. while until last year because last year we had an amazing draft but before that you know lj collier which was a disaster malik mcdowell rashad penny hey he was a brown and then (laughs) then he got arrested at a florida preschool and that's all i'm allowed to say on that (laughs) we can't speak on Malik. but yeah i think seattle with pick five i don't think they're going to go quarterback but they could i could see anthony richardson if he's still there possibly but I would say Will Anderson or Jalen Carter, whichever one is still there at this point, because I believe one of the two will be. I think that's where Seattle goes here. And the possibility of Tyree Wilson, if Carter and Anderson are both gone. I think Tyree Wilson's a very phenomenal fallback player. I mean, that guy is six foot eight. Like he looks like a basketball player that just destroys left tackles. So yeah, he's a I mean, I've seen some teams have had him over Will Anderson as of late. So I think it's a lot closer between Wilson and Anderson that you're led on to believe a lot in the pre a pre draft phase. But yeah, yeah, definitely. And then your second first round pick. Yep, pick twenty. A lot of people saw us trading down, trading out of the first round again getting maybe a pick next year, Mm -hmm. another second. I think they're going to stick here. 
I had Nolan Smith, Miles Murphy, Zay Flowers, and Joey Porter. All of those are solid, solid players to target yeah. right there. That is nothing to bat an eye at. Yeah, I am. Uh, I actually really like Penn State. So if we got Joey Porter here, I would be. Oh, I think I, I think I think Joey Porter is going to be. A, I would uh, love to say that I would like the Seahawks to get Joey Porter, but I just don't <laughs> think that with the team will three picks ahead. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Oh boy, but I, I will say I, I, I do I do respect the Joey Porter. I don't love. think I don't think that's going to be the last time his name's mentioned on this episode. I think at all. I, I, mean, I think he'll stud. I think he's, outside of Cleveland, I think every other team with a first round pick, <laughs> and we're going to discuss here, is going to be looking at him. They're all eyeballing him because he is going to be something special i mean we've seen it at penn state i mean granted i mean me too i'm in the same boat i, I do kind of like penn state a little bit um they just can't get any luck playing in the big 10 east i mean no. you have to compete with the two biggest teams in the no, big there's, 10 they're literally and stuck he still was playing very well and he still played like out of his mind against ohio state and michigan so and, and, and like Look at the guys he's had to go against: Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, and then after they graduate, it's Marvin Harrison Jr. and Jackson Smith and Jigba, and he and held his own. Locked, I mean, he's still locked up. He held his he own, to. yeah. But uh, anyway, yeah. <laughs> we were talking about Seattle's second first round pick. One yeah. of your targets, Joey Porter. Yeah, it's easy to get distracted. I think he would have like the best cornerback season from any Penn State player ever. But that's another conversation. Uh, I saw the most likely pick here being Miles Murphy. Because I think that's the type of player that Seattle loves when they get. You can put him like anywhere on the D line. I think. Yeah. Well, Draymond Jones is another guy like that too. You have two guys that you can move around. That's going to create a lot of problems. Yeah, I definitely believe what you're saying right there. They they love to move guys around, whether it's like anywhere on the field. They'll move safeties to linebacker, corners to safety. You know, they'll move offensive linemen. And I think that'd be a great pick for them. I like Miles Murphy too. I think Nolan Smith has a little bit too many question marks mm-hmm. for me to want the Seattle Seahawks to take him yeah. over Murphy. But either way, I'd be fine with that. Yeah, solid targets right there. So uh, getting into the uh, day two picks. Yep. You want to get in? Who do you guys think? Uh, sorry, who would you target on day two if you were running the Seattle Seahawks? Yeah, pick 37. That's their next next pick. I had Emmanuel Forbes. Josh Downs, Jack Campbell, and Cody Monch, I believe is how you say it. I think Josh Downs on that team would be really fun. I agree. I think that'd be really fun. I think that's the better Dwayne Eskridge. Oh, man. Then you could play Lockett and DK outside, Josh Downs in the slot. Oh, that would be a really fun offense. Yeah, I love – You get that power back like you were mentioning, maybe add a tight end there. Oh, that that team could compete. Like, I mean, you guys were in the wild card last year. Mm Mm-hmm. Wow, I like that. Yeah, I really like that pick too. And I think tight end, I think we're pretty set because we got Noah Fant. I like oh, Noah I forgot Fant. you guys got Fant in the oh, Wilson yeah. trade. Yeah, yeah, pardon me. I don't watch much Seattle football. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. In, in Northeast Ohio. Got Noah Fant, Will Disley. I'm pretty satisfied at tight end. I think Josh Downs would be a perfect addition to that offense, mm-hmm. and it could open up DK more because we saw defenders start to double-team him. They were – making Lockett become the number one for a ton of weeks last year. So that's a pick right there. Moving on to pick 52, which is their next pick in this draft. I had John Michael Schmitz, Drew Sanders, DJ Turner, and Steve Avila. Okay. Solid group there. Solid group there. Yeah. My favorite here was John Michael Schmitz, and I think that should definitely be the pick that they go with. At center, 
I don't even think we have a center right now because Austin Blythe just retired. Ooh, yeah. So Ooh. we're pretty. Dry. You guys, you guys lost Ethan Posick last off season too to the, uh, the Cleveland, Cleveland Browns, Browns. Baby. and we extended it. <laughs> I wasn't really mad at that. Ethan was extremely inconsistent. Yeah, our only center on the roster is Joey Hunt, and Good I don't boy. think I need to see a whole season of that. So <laughs> yeah, no, John that's... Michael Schmitz. Hopefully. I get that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. John Michael Schmitz, he's very agile. He's a strong player. He's the type of player that Pete Carroll likes. Mm-hmm. And I've even heard people say they were going to take him at pick 20. I was like, please wow. don't do that. Wow. You can wait for him. Boy. But I think that's a perfect pick. And that pretty much wraps up the targets for the picks for the Seahawks in this draft. Yeah. Anything you think they should add on day three? I know, you know, these guys aren't really going to be anything special necessarily so you know what would you add to just fill out the roster it doesn't have to be anything specific just like a role player type right i definitely had filling out the roster we wanted depth at running back and linebacker above Mm -hmm. all linebacker we are actually very slim because jordan brooks is still dealing with the injury from last year acl oh boy he's going to miss probably half this year and Mm -hmm. that i think that's half the reason we brought devin bush in but we have Bush, we got Bobby Wagner, and after that, gets kind of ugly. Got John Radigan, and if you're not a Seahawks fan, it's likely you don't know who that is, and you probably shouldn't. So. Oh, boy. Ooh. But, yeah, we need depth at linebacker and running back. We have DJ Dallas and Darwin Thompson behind Kenneth Walker. That's not enough for me when teams are out here with three solid running backs and they can rest each other and take pressure off each other. I need something like that in Seattle. Fair enough, fair enough. And that concludes Mitch's little Seattle tangent. Now let's get back to the meat and potatoes of this, what this <laughs> what this episode's titled, the AFC North Mock Draft. Uh, we'll start it off with, uh, you know, the team that's 45 miles north of us, the Cleveland Browns. Uh, the Browns' offseason, they added defensive end Obo Okoronkwo, a safety Juan Thornhill, defensive tackle Dalvin Tomlinson, traded for Jets wide receiver Elijah Moore, Signed tight end Jordan Aitkins, wide receiver Marquise Goodwin, brought back Anthony Walker, brought back Joshua Dobbs, brought back Sione Takitaki, and extended Ethan Posick. Uh, their most notable losses are John Johnson III, Kareem Hunt, Jadavian Clowney, and Taven Bryan. So let's get into what I think the Browns should target going into the draft. I think the biggest need on this team right off the rip is probably it's another wide receiver wherever Elijah Moore cannot play because Elijah Moore, if you look at his career splits, he plays, it's pretty much identical 50, 50 slot outside. I think you could phase out Donovan people's Jones and be fine. If you want to play Elijah Moore outside. So if you go with Elijah Moore outside, you'll need a slot receiver. Obviously, if you play with Elijah Moore in the slot, predominantly you'll need an outside receiver Uh, going into a second big need. I think you need, Another defensive end, not necessarily for depth, but just, well, no, for depth necessarily, not to start. That's what I meant to say. Uh, But, you know, Obo Okoronkwo's never actually been a full-time starter in the league in all of his time. So uh, this is going to be the first time he's playing every down. So uh, I'm worried about his durability a little bit, I guess you could say. Uh, And then a true free safety would be another thing. I don't necessarily know if Juan Thornhill's an upgrade from John Johnson, so... And then even if you don't get a true free safety, just another guy that could play both free and maybe even slot corner too. So uh, at pick number 74, I think the Browns are most likely going to go safety here. 
any like any anything from you guys before I get into that? I'll say with the 74th pick here, I have the Browns actually taking a linebacker because I know that is also a position. That it, yeah, because Walk, Walker's coming thin. off a torn Achilles, so he'll probably not be ready till right before camp starts. See any talky talky towards ACL? He's going to be out till at least October. So yeah, oh no, please go ahead. Like, uh, who do you have? Him? Oh, uh, I have them taking Owen Papo from Auburn. Ooh, I think that I like that. I think he'll fall because we've seen a big shift in the uh draft boards recently oh yeah and everything so i think that owen papo might actually slide to the browns and i mean he kind of embodies what a browns linebacker kind of is he embodies what an afc north linebacker okay because like really the, the browns linebackers are like small and undersized but like the, hey, <laughs> the traditional afc, AFC north, north linebackers, linebackers like I, th- thank you for okay i mean i, I kind of caught that so thank you i'm but, like uh, you know like typical JM. afc linebacker i mean when you look at Obviously, some of the linebackers that have come through the AFC North, you know, the two biggest names. You know, Ray Lewis, James Harrison, Vontez Perfect, yep. you know, yep. the guys and that I just... And I think Owen Papo is finally going to be the true AFC North linebacker that the Browns have needed for so long. I would and love I think the it's enforcer. Be I, I didn't mean to cut you guys off. Mitch, you have anything Cleveland should target at 74? Oh, yeah. Uh, for Cleveland, I also had another receiver because, you know, I don't know if Donovan – or, yeah, Donovan Peoples-Jones yeah. is going to be a every snap kind of guy. I don't really know his ceiling. And... I don't think he does either. I'm yeah. not, I'm not the biggest DPJ guy out there. His like there's these very fun statistics called uh, contested catch ratings, and typically he is one of the highest contested catch ratings in the league. And now there's a corresponding statistic. It means if you have a if you're catching a lot of contested balls, it typically means you're not creating separation. And he is I think bottom five in terms of actual separation created. Like he has the hips of. You're probably your grandfather. Uh, so I would love to get another outside receiver. I mean, I'm, I don't hate Donovan Peoples-Jones by any stretch of the imagination. I don't. I just I think you could certainly improve off of that. Yeah, I had them going outside receiver for my 74th pick. Mm-hmm. And I actually had Jalen Hyatt from Tennessee. Well, that makes a lot of – because, okay, Jimmy Haslam is from Tennessee. He went to UT. He is one of Tennessee's biggest uh, donors, too. Uh, and, you know, he he loves his volunteers. So I think Jalen Hyatt's very much in contention. I was going back and forth between Hyatt or a safety, too. And I thought maybe Haslam will not be impulsive. So that's why I think we'll go safety. I think Jordan Jordan battles a true free safety from Alabama. I think he can cover a lot of plays, cover a lot of you know field at once. I mean, he played in the SEC for crying out loud. Uh, but then Jamie Robinson from FSU. Uh, he plays free safety, strong safety, and he can play slot corner. Greg Newsom just, uh, you know, went on this whole tangent that he does not want to play slot corner, and then he did, but didn't request a trade, and everyone's kind of confused now. Uh, so I'll I'll have them take Jamie Robinson from FSU, uh, and then we can have Greg Newsom not want to be traded. And then that takes us to pick number ninety eight, right in the middle of the third round. They're Coppins. Compensate, yeah, compensatory pick. Uh, I think here, I think they'll go defensive end. I think Derek Hall from Auburn is a pretty. I, I think he'd be high on their draft board at this point in the draft. Anything from you guys? Browns a pick ninety eight. So, for the first time in my life this past year, I will admit that I watched quite the amount of Browns football. Well, you live so thirty minutes from. Not them. only that, but you know, it's kind of a weird transition to go from having an entire friend group from where I'm from of being Bengals fans. Mm. to then coming up here and having all 
all of my friends being Browns fans and all of my brothers being Browns fans. Yeah. Um, and I noticed this season that the Browns struggled with a lot of injuries to their offensive line. Yeah, health especially was, at the center position. We, we lost Nick Harris on the second snap of the preseason. <laughs> yep. uh, then Ethan Posick came in, and then actually our third string center went on IR. That was Michael Dunn, and then so Yalda Froholtz, who I thought was a Himalayan mountain man up until about November, had to play center for like seven games this year. Yep, and you know, looking at it, there's a lot of good underrated centers in this year's draft i think this is one of the most loaded drafts in terms of offensive linemen so i think teams need I'm, to look to build i'm really liking where you're O-line. going with this man you have two surprise picks but so i'm surprised in i have such them a good taking, way i would be thrilled i have them taking from ucla i have them taking john gaines the second i like that see i'm, I'm trying not to be this is, super biased this here, is why obviously. this is why i wanted you on this pat this is why you made me think in ways i, I didn't can, think the browns would think and now i want the browns to think this way i can always put aside my bias my bias i respect that. other teams especially when honestly the way that i kind of drafted the four afc north teams i drafted them in the style that the pittsburgh steelers would typically draft mm. their teams that's why i kind of implemented into my picks yeah. here so i do have them taking john Gaines a second i think that would be a phenomenal pickup like i said especially for the browns you know lacking the only real weak spot on that o-line was centered to really begin with in terms of you know who all you have on that well, line i just like it, i like interior depth too because i mean even because wyatt teller is probably going to be the first one to move since you just reassigned yeah. post six so maybe he could be your teller replacement again i I like him a lot. And I not only that, but I mean, it just sets up more depth in three. case of the oh, yes. event of, you know, having the however many injuries that the Browns had to their offensive line. So All of them. he just slowly fills in those gaps there. And I do think that John Gaines, you know, he will get some playing time. And I think that he will impress a lot of people. Yeah. So I, I see no reason why oh, yeah. if he's still available at that pick, obviously, I why love the Browns that. Should pass I, up I love him. that. I think every. I think four of their five starters missed at least some point last year. I think Joel Batonio was the only one that didn't miss a game. I think there was only one game that I saw uh, out of the entirety of the season where mm-hmm. the entire starting offensive line for the Browns played together. I think oh there was only one game that they Ugh. played together last season oh boy. due to the injury. Yeah. So, Mitch, do you have anything for Cleveland at 98? I know we were throwing out there for a bit. <laughs> yeah, for 98, I could also see them going center. But to switch things up, I also have them going edge because I like it. Edge rusher, I feel like that's a pretty big need where the Browns go. Not exactly to get like that certified starter. Right, I know just, they got Ogoronkwo. Just another depth piece because no. I got like Obo. He's he hasn't started in his entire career, and so you know I'm a bit I'm a bit nervous how that goes. I get him like I'm I'm not knocking the signing, but yeah, agreed. So I think they could go Isaiah McGuire. Uh, edge rusher from okay. Missouri. I like ah, I love my SEC guys in Cleveland. Cleveland loves their SEC guys. You know, I was surprised no one mentioned Carl Brooks since you know we're at a Mac school and he plays in the Mac at one of our rivals. But I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> ah. but you know, all right. <laughs> very solid picks there. And then the Browns' final pick we're going to talk about at pick one eleven. I believe it's right at the beginning of the fourth round. I'd have them take Marvin Mims out of Oklahoma here. I think. He's a speedster. The last speedster you took was Anthony Schwartz. He didn't work out. So maybe draft one that will work out. Solid right there. Yeah. Uh, with the uh, 111th pick for the Browns, I have them taking an edge rusher mm-hmm. out of Oregon. I have them taking DJ Johnson with I, that pick there. Um, I mean, 
kind of like uh, everybody touched on, especially you, Mitch, you know, you can never mm. go wrong with a little more depth at edge rusher, especially for what the Browns are building. Yeah. Um, there's not a lot of weak spots on this roster other than, you know, maybe just a little bit of bench depth. So I think that DJ Johnson will be the perfect uh, bench piece to follow up in, you know, the absolutely loaded edge rusher core that the Browns really have. Yeah. Mitch, anything that you would, well, any, any thoughts on one eleven from the Browns? Yeah, a little different of an approach for me here. I had the I had two secondary players, one safety and one corner that mm-hmm. I think could be nice here. I had yeah. Ronnie Hickman, which might be a little bit of a reach. Okay. But is he the corner or the safety? He's the safety. Okay. From Ohio State. Oh, oh my how did Pardon me, everyone. Uh-oh. I just I had a brain fart right now. <laughs> how did I not? I watched him every Saturday. Oh yeah. And for corners, I had Eli Ricks from Alabama. I like that one. I like Ricks, too. Yeah, I've kept up with Ricks since high school, and I think he's extremely talented. And he has the big play, you know, opportunities that mm-hmm. the Browns need at times. Oh, yeah. And so that concludes the Browns portion of this. As far as day three goes, I think a receiving back would be a good thing to add, especially considering you lost Kareem Hunt, and that's the role he played predominantly. I think interior O-line depth would be something that you could – snag and develop because i don't think wyatt teller is going to be here forever uh, and then inside linebacker depth another thing anthony walker and taki taki are both coming off of injuries jlk is a bit undersized chances are you're probably going to have them miss some time this year and then i would not mind taking a flyer on like a project tight end we see these guys every year where it's like this six foot eight guy that only ever played basketball but now is like the most fine specimen on this planet wants to play tight end. If we have one, if there's one of those, I would not mind if the Browns took a swing at it, Uh, but we'll switch over here. We'll switch to one of our rivals and Pat, it'll be your favorite team. Let's talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers off season. Would you, would you like to recap your team's off season, man? Um, The floor is yours. If you'd like to, I sure I can go ahead and do it. I mean, it was your stereotypical Pittsburgh Steelers kind of off season. We never, sign any big big names except i mean we did kind of stun everybody with the signing of patrick peterson early in free agency um i was kind of indifferent about that pick like i see the benefits but i also see how that can also hurt us at the same time you know if you're going to be bringing in a rookie corner you know potential spoiler alert yeah if if i'm getting who i hope we're going to get at pick 17 then having patrick peterson on the lineup is phenomenal um but we did lose unfortunately one of our key corners uh in free agency to Detroit, uh, Cameron Sutton left the Steelers. And honestly, that was he was a player that we could not afford to lose at this point. I mean, our corner core and our secondary, despite leading the league in interceptions, which I, I don't know. I don't know. Interceptions are a really fluky stat. I remember like I, know, the, I remember like the but, 2018 Browns led the entire league in turnovers, but they were one of like the worst statistical defenses ever. Yeah. And, um, you know, losing one of the key pieces to that. Honestly, I think that Cameron Sutton was our best corner, and that's not – unfortunately, that's not saying a whole lot I do have in to, terms I think of your secondary. Your secondary they were looked as your weak link going into last year, and I think just having them all kind of play collectively average was a lot better than you could have. a little have, bit better than it was. It, 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 it could have been a lot worse, your secondary have, play. I, I can so, agree. I mean, you know, I thought that was going to be an incredible weakness for you guys. It, it was – it certainly was a weakness, but not a glaring one like everyone thought. But I'm I'm concerned that obviously I said with, with losing Sutton and bringing in old man Pat Pete that this might not work out the way that we're hoping it will. Yeah. Also losing uh, Terrell Edmonds, that one really yeah. stung. But 
I saw that one coming the minute we uh, signed Keanu Neal and extended uh, Kaizy. I knew that Edmonds would be the first to go. Yeah, I just a... didn't want to see him go to Philly. That kind of hurts. Yeah. And then also losing uh, Devin Bush to Seattle. But Devin Bush, he's, he's a solid player. He's mm-hmm. a very low-risk, high-reward player. The only reason he never really worked out in Pittsburgh was due to his ACL injury. Yeah. That he that did was... get. He kind of got phased out of, you know, our starting lineup entirely and then slowly became – bench and then just kept getting moved further and further back because i don't think he ever really fully recovered from that all the way mm-hmm. um he showed signs of life last season having his one of his better comeback years but yeah still nothing crazy and you know we signed a plethora of average run-of-the-mill linebackers i mean it's the same thing that the steelers do every year we lose a couple key players and then we fill in those holes with your everyday mediocre yeah, fairly average players, like two or three of them to fill the spots up. But, you know, nothing like I said, nothing too crazy this offseason. We signed a lot of offensive linemen. And this is the thing I hate that the Steelers do. Yeah, because any time that I pick out the weak spots of our lineup, mm-hmm. they go in and sign, like I said, three or four players that are just average to fill it's the like, holes. And one like, of these guys is bound to be serviceable. <laughs> that's what I think, but sometimes it doesn't work. Well, no, that's that was I was trying but, to make a joke at that. It's like if we just if we just put so many stop gaps in, one of these will eventually stop the you would gap. You think that signing I think three linebackers would maybe do something. Uh I don't think it will. But that'll just remain to be seen. And also, like I said, the plethora of offensive linemen. Our starting offensive line is basically Phillies from last year, minus Jason Kelsey. Oh, boy. Yeah, we signed like three of their took them all down. Linemen. Took them all down I-80. Yeah. Right, I'm over to Pittsburgh, baby. We were just swapping with the yeah. Eagles all off. All right, well, uh, do you want to get into your team's uh, three big needs? Yeah, so the, the, draft? the number one need that we need, we have got to get a corner. We have to build our secondary backup. Wholeheartedly because agree. we... I do not want to rely on old man Pat Pete and Akello Witherspoon to carry us this season. I don't think yeah. I have it in me. You are you are one hamstring injury from Pat P away to having like Jamar Chase put up three hundred on you, Amari yeah. Cooper having like ninety five and a touchdown, uh, and then whoever you know, maybe Odell Beckham Jr. has another prime <laughs> game going up against a off two ACL injuries. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe he goes maybe. for 70 on you guys. You know, maybe if they had a quarterback, I would be worried. But oh, I'm not we'll get into that. We'll get, we, we, we can uh, we can talk um, some friendly banter to Baltimore at the oh, end yeah. here. Uh, another need, uh, another area we need to fill, even though we have been signing a lot of them, we have got to build our offensive line. Our offensive line is horrible. I, I don't think horrible is even the right term for it but they are by far this is by far the worst pittsburgh steelers line that i've ever watched suit up for my team in probably over 30 years yeah you guys they are, are horrible you're not doing kenny or Najee any favors at all and i know steelers fans want to point fingers and blame Najee for having an off season but when your offensive line can't hold a block for more than two seconds it's hard to do anything by yourself i mean we had to roll kenny pickett out of the pocket way yeah. too much was, i know that, that we finally matt, have a mobile quarterback that was matt canada it was we're gonna roll you out and we're gonna throw a stick concept and you're gonna hit that if, six yard hitch route and yeah. we're just gonna keep moving the ball somehow. if i have a fourth thing we need to cover uh fire matt canada but back to the draft yeah. um another <laughs> position that we need to fill there's two but i think they're equally matched in terms of like how bad oh, we go need ahead, to fill them. and the it's rules, wide man. receiver and safety okay because I, we still have yeah. minka but as we know minka he does miss some games due to injuries every now and then. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying he's 
over he's the not top in, injury He's not injury prone, prone but you know, but the he way, will he's, miss three he's to four so physical, he's bound to get banged up, right? Yeah, right. and no offense, but I'm not trusting Keanu Neal to maybe like fill maybe in, the in slot. like 2017 I would have. Yeah, but now like, it's 2023. We're quite a few years down the road, and um, right. wide receiver as well because. We have a lack of wide receivers that is glaringly obvious now that when uh, Gunnar Olszewski is actually earning Gunner playing time. Olszewski. I did not expect that name to come When he's up actually today. playing, like oh. getting decent playing minutes for our team, then I'm kind of like, all right, hold on. Let's take See, a step I was back thinking about putting that. On, I was thinking about putting that on my list because I'm like, ah, but they have Deontay and Pickens. I don't want to sound like too biased. They have two but we, very we serviceable good, options. We need oh, a good yeah. slot receiver, and we do not have – a good slot receiver. And that is something yeah. that, yes, we have George Pickens, but I mean, George Pickens, honestly, his NFL comparison right now to me is DPJ. He can't really break away that often, but he can catch anything that you throw at him. Yeah. Anything. And, and then he, he is, he, he embodies the AFC North. He, he is, he is black air force. Ones. He is black air force. Energy. He is black and then air force like, energy, man. Like that guy, he scares me. Yeah. And then you see I mean, he and Martin Emerson were beefing on Twitter a oh, couple yeah. days ago. Too. Oh, that, that's going to be a matchup this year. I'm so that excited to be that. a matchup oh, this year. I think I know which way that matchup's going to go. And I'm not happy about which way it's probably going to oh, go. Oh, I was going to go the other way. Look at us. Oh, look, at us. <laughs> look, look, look at us gaslighting each other's teams. But, uh, and then, yeah, with Deontay Johnson, um, his contract is set to expire after this season. And oh, we have okay. not presented an offer to him. Mm. Why we have not offered him is yeah. beyond me because he is easily one of the best wide receivers that we have ever drafted. I'm talking he's up there with the likes of Antonio Brown, pre-CTE, yeah, and pre- Lynn Swan. Pre, Pre-insanity. Yeah, before Vontez Perfect. Yeah. But, I mean, those are the three needs. Cornerback, or four oh, yeah. needs, sorry, I guess. Is no, overall. no, no, you're wide fine. No, safety, three O-line, and, and cornerback. We've got a, to get corners. 3A and 3B. Mitch, you've been fairly quiet, so we'll throw it right to you, man. Pick 17, who do you think Pittsburgh should go after? Yeah, I've been feeling like a WZIP listener for a little bit here, <laughs> but I'm enjoying it, though. Uh, pick 17 for the Steelers. I know Pat's going to love this. I had Joey Porter. Yes. I think right he, I think unanimously. I mean, he th- he has to be your guys' top target, right? He has to. I mean, his dad was one of the greatest well, linebackers to play for And, us, like, he and Mike Tom- – he and Mike uh, – sorry, Porter's dad and Mike Tomlin are still friends and everything. Like, I think they still live in the same neighborhood and stuff. Mm-hmm. Isn't Wasn't Joey Porter coaching for you guys at some point, too? Uh, he was, yes. Okay, yeah. So, so he like the the Porter family runs deep in Pittsburgh. Yeah, I believe it. And so, okay, let's let's just humor me here. If if Porter, I I'm not wishing this on you, but if Porter were to be picked by this point in time, or Pittsburgh were to just pass on him, uh, do you think they go with like a Deontay Banks uh, from Maryland, or do you think they go tackle, or what do you think they do here? I did actually have the secondary corner option being Deontay Banks out I, of Maryland. Should we pass up? I mean, when I was back. running, this is a very loaded cornerback draft. I think there's is. probably six guys with a first round. There's grade. no real way you can go wrong as long as you take a corner with this pick. Obviously, I would like Joey Porter more than anybody. I but think ev- I think everyone across the Ohio Pennsylvania border would absolutely love that. I, so. I would be I would be loving that. But if we choose not to go with corner with this pick, I do want us taking an offensive lineman. And if we do take an offensive lineman with this pick, I want us taking Osiris Torrance Ooh. so badly because I know he's starting to slip down a lot of people's boards. So I think that we might be able to slide in there and get him, or even we might be able to slide in the second round and get him. Yeah, I think pick 49, that might but, be something you get Osiris. I, I mean, with the 17th overall pick, you know who I have. Yeah. Give me Joey, Joey Porter. Porter Jr. Please get Jr. He has one of the greatest corners of all time to learn under. Yeah. Make it happen. 
please. Yeah, I, again, I think you guys go Joey Porter if he's there too. But then if you don't, I'm going to go with what you mocked them with originally. I think if, if, if he's not there, I don't think Paris Johnson would be there. So I think they take his teammate, Dwan Jones, back from our mock draft episode one, non-shameless plug. Go back and listen to that. It was a really fun episode too. Uh, but uh, pick number 32 now for Pittsburgh. This is a second round pick because Miami forfeited theirs. Uh, and this is what you guys got for Chase Claypool. So Mitch, once again, we'll start with you. Pick 32. Who do you think Pittsburgh should target? Yeah, outside looking in, I'm not exactly sure about their specific needs as a team, but I saw edge rusher as a little help for TJ Watt somewhere they could use it. I'm not sure you if can, that's a... You can never go wrong with defensive ends. You can never go wrong putting the other team's quarterback on the ground. There is That is never a wrong answer. Completely agreed. And I also had Dewan Jones here as someone if he did fall yeah, he's here. fallen a little bit too him and broderick jones are having like a high second round grade now which was a bit different from when we last did our episode a couple weeks ago yeah that confused me a little bit but if they didn't go dewan jones i have bj ojalari and i think I he's like gonna him. be fan. he's a gem for whatever yeah. team gets him i'm a huge fan of that uh in the second round i have the steelers uh in the way that i laid this out taking osiris torrance now like i said uh, if we don't take a corner in the first round and we do end up taking Torrance, who would be my first round pick for us to snag, um, I would like to see us go safety with this oh, pick. Yeah. And I would like okay. to possibly see us get Antonio Johnson because I talked about him so Ooh, highly yes. in our first episode. See, when the Browns, st- when the Browns still had pick 42, that's who I was like hammering for him or downs at 42. I, wow. Oh. Very high on him because he he's a he's a big safety as well. So it, oh, it, he it can, wouldn't even yeah. be. I mean, he can play. He's an incredible box safety, and I think you could get by with playing him at slot corner if you needed to. I was thinking that, or even because of his size, even you could, we love. You playing. can put him on tight ends too. He yeah. is massive, and we love. I mean, you. I've seen the Steelers do it. I don't know if you guys have ever noticed this, but we love playing some of our safeties at linebacker. We love playing oh, yeah. him at sub linebacker. Yeah, I mean Troy Polamalu. I think was one of the most glaringly obvious there, but that's because he was just He pretty much played Sam linebacker. He didn't play safety. (laughs) And I think that if Antonio Johnson is there, and if obviously, you know, we don't have any hope there, like we don't take a corner, I think that Antonio Johnson would be the pick that I would want us to take um, in that situation. Well, you know, I think if they don't go, if they don't go Joey Porter Jr., I think they go tackle. And if they don't go tackle round one, I think they go corner. So, I mean, if you don't get Porter Jr., I think Broderick Jones would still be available for you at this point in time. And then if you know, if you get a Paris Johnson or a Dewan Jones, I think uh, Akili Ringo from Georgia right now would still be available for you. So I think those are your first two picks consensus. Uh, you know, I'll let you take over for pick 49 and pick 80 because you know that you're on a roll right now, man. Keep going. All right. So for pick 49, uh, I have us taking Trey Palmer from nebraska nice i think that he will fill in that third wide receiver role perfectly um we don't need to look at him too much this initial season because i know that all eyes will be on trying to shut down george pickens mm-hmm. um we really just need somebody to run matt canada's stupid little two yard three yard yeah you know i'm sorry that's all i'm really sorry need. you have to watch 17 more games of that maybe more if you guys oh it's the playoffs. it's more because you forget i'm also a full-time akron zips fan so when football season comes, it just hurts my yeah. brain nonstop. <laughs> oh, but boy. I do have us taking Trey Palmer. Um, and then with the 80th pick, I have us taking another offensive lineman because, again, we have got to take offensive linemen here. Yeah. And I have us taking Jordan McFadden out of Clemson. Okay, I like that one. I like that. 
And so I, you know, I like all your picks right there. I don't think anything can top that. So I'll get into, you know, what do you guys think you could use on day three? As far as I, as far as I thought, I think you guys could use another outside wide receiver. You could play Deontay in the slot, some interior defensive line. Uh, Cause you know, you can never go wrong there. And then I think a receiving back would be another nice piece low key for you guys. So you could take part of that off of Najee's plate and, you know, maybe not, yeah. uh, Burn, well, burn, burn him out Warren by year four. Began stepping up kind of in that position. Yeah. But then, I mean, you know, being an undrafted rookie, you know, you're going to have your few standout games before people realize, I, okay, you're I kind of a one trick pony. I, I think guess. a Deuce Vaughn would make Matt Canada's offense even more Matt Canada's offense. Because now That's he would the have. Problem. I don't now want Matt Canada's now offense. He'd re- <laughs> now he'd have reasons to not throw it more than five yards. Like, I can just yeah, throw a check I mean, down to Deuce. We have, we have so many running backs on our roster, though, that I just don't see if we drafted one where he would fit. Because, I mean, like I said, Jalen Warren very quickly became our number two option behind Najee. And we still have Benny Snell, who is very serviceable in uh, third and short situations or mm-hmm. even a second and long because he is one of those receiving backs that we do heavily rely on. Um, but late round, I do agree we do need more receivers. Um, I didn't dive too much into the super late round picks, but I do have us taking a receiver. It is because I am a homer for both uh, yes. our college and my NFL team. But in one of the late round picks, I do have the Steelers taking Shockey Jacques-Louis from the University of Akron. I mean, you can't go wrong with Shockey. He was no. arguably the best receiver in the Mid-American Conference last season. I know he didn't have the touchdowns to add up to that, but when you watched him really play, and you have to think also of who he's playing for. Yeah to have the stats that he had, the yards that he had playing at the top of his game while playing for the University of Akron Zips. I mean, you can't really pass up. He's I, he's I, one I, of a kind and he's getting overlooked simply because he played for I, us. I'd love to see some Zips in the NFL. But uh all right, now let's segue to the teams we don't like here. Uh go we'll go right down I71 for this one. The Cincinnati Bengals uh quick recap for their offseason. They re-signed safety Michael Thomas. They re-signed Jermaine Pratt. They signed Orlando Brown Jr., and then as a result, Jonah Williams requested a trade. Uh, they signed safety Nick Scott to replace Jesse Bates, and they brought in tight end Irv Smith. As far as losses go, they lost Jesse Bates to the Falcons, and they lost Hayden Hurst, and I'm going to assume they're going to lose Jonah Williams. Uh, I would also assume that at least for this upcoming Orla- season. Because Orlando Brown basically went on national TV and said, I'm playing left tackle, and so... Yeah, Jonah Williams is not moving to right tackle. The other uh, thing I'm kind of looking at, too, is you have to kind of think with the issues that keep arising with Joe Mixon, if Joe Mixon will be yeah. available and ready to play come the start of the season. Because if he's not, I believe they I don't think they still have Samaji. No, Samaji is a free agent. I, I think like, no, Samaji signed elsewhere. I'm not sure where he signed. So at the they're moment, but. absolutely barren at running back at yeah. this point as yeah. well. I agree. So uh, let's get into their main needs of the offseason. Mitch, I'll throw it to you first. Uh, Cincinnati's top three needs. Yeah, I definitely saw a top need as tight end. <clears throat> they lost Hayden Hurst, and they're pretty dry at that position right now. I saw another need for them as cornerback because I'm, I'm not really liking the Bengals cornerback room. I yeah, do. I, I don't like it either, but and I, well, do like I, I like Hilton. it because it helps my team, but 
Same. Oh, Mike Hilton's one of the best slot corners in the NFL. I don't but... want to talk about Mike. I, I no, I don't want to talk about Mike <laughs> right, Hilton on any. Right. I'm sorry, that, 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 that's a sore subject. For All me. right, I'm no, not I'll, happy with I'll what pass. he did to my right. team. I played the fifth now. Sorry, <laughs> keep keep going, Mitch. Yeah, they also have T.W. Woozy. I like him too. But the final knee was safety, and this was this was a rough need for me to make them have because I know they have Nick Scott, they have Dax Hill, but they just lost. One of the top safeties in the NFL. Arguably the best safety, yeah. Arguably, yeah. 100%. Top five for sure. Mm-hmm. And they also lost Von Bell, who was their other starter at safety. Yeah. Another stellar safety as well. That yeah, they lost both them. their safeties. Yeah, that's got to hurt. And they have a lot of question marks. I also agree that running back is another need because there was a lot of Joe Mixon drama going on. Yeah. I'm not there's sure what's going on. There's something about uh, just football players in Ohio with legal trouble. Yeah, um, I was can, like, I, we I know can leave it at that. Of, I know so. a majority of the story, but for the sake of the podcast, I'm not going to dive yeah. too much into it. But uh, it's it's not getting better. I mean, the only reason I kind of keep up to date with that is obviously it, it, I'm, I'm it, from it, the it, area, so right, right. I I kind of get Bengals news every now and then. My dad likes to root for the Bengals despite him being a Steelers fan. It's weird. Seems counterproductive. <laughs> I, I think it's just because like. You know, there's no other team on on Sunday when Fair you get enough. back from church. It's either Bengals or, yeah, that's about it. What do you guys have, what, like, Unless you want to suffer through like, the later half of the red season. But, it's like the Colts, maybe. I mean, like if you're in like the Southwest Ohio, maybe Indy. I, we we get a little bit maybe of maybe Tennessee. We get a little bit of Tennessee okay, sometimes. But All right, it's normally the Bengals. Right, anyway, anyway. Back, back to the <laughs> Bengals. Back to the Bengals made needs. Pat, did I throw it to you yet? Uh, no. So I actually have the Bengals needing uh safety as we've kind of touched on. They lost. They're two two of the biggest names in free agency uh, going in. Uh, tight end is another huge one. I still am not a lover of their offensive line, a hundred percent. I know they got Orlando Brown, but I'm not. Yeah, I don't hundred percent sold on that line. It's an upgrade over Jonah Williams, but I mean that's not saying much. Uh, yeah, it's, I, there's still a lot to be desired. Yeah, and then um, tight end as well is another another big one. I mean they. They've had two stellar tight ends in the past, what, three years, and they haven't been able to hold on to them. So. Yeah, Hurst, and well, they, now they brought in Irv Smith. I'm, who do they have in 2020? I know who you're talking about. They had – um, It's going to bug me now. Uh, Uz- Uzama? TJ Uzama, yep, yeah. yep, and now he's a Jet. Yep. All right. So they, they've got a lot of room to grow if they want to go back to Super Bowl contention, um, in my opinion. Also, having one more receiver I don't think could hurt them no. uh, by any means. And then corner as well. I mean, honestly, there's – there's holes that are glaringly obvious in this team that I feel like uh, surprisingly a lot of the other teams that we've talked about on this podcast in the first episode didn't have despite them being, right. you know, lower level uh, yeah. teams. But that's also because you don't have your entire roster leaving after you don't make the Super right, Bowl. So. Right. I, so my needs for them, I think tight ends, a consensus one right there. I think if they could add another big receiving threat to this offense, it could only open their window even more. Uh, and then my second one, I have defensive back as a whole uh, because they lost all their safeties. And outside of the man that will make Pat Weber mad, I don't think they have that good mm. of uh, cornerback depth. Uh, and, you know, I think defensive interior maybe should be a need that they address in round two or three. Uh, but, you know, Cincinnati's first pick at 28, I would I I'm going to have them take Emmanuel Forbes and he's the corner for Mississippi State. I I think. I think they're going to be tempted by Dalton Kincaid and Michael Meyer, but I think they could get another guy in round two, and we'll wait till then for 
me to get into my plan here, but Mitch, who do you think Cincy should target at pick 28? Yeah, I, I actually had Michael Meyer and I also have Brian Branch and Osiris Torrance as other options for them. But I think if Meyer does slip to that spot, I mm-hmm. think that's where they will go. And I think they should go there because he's fantastic. Yeah. So I actually have the Bengals trading their first round pick. But that's because, Fair. I mean, if, if yeah. I'm keeping that first round pick, though, uh, I do have them taking I think Michael that, Myers. Yeah, I think that trading back would seem feasible at this point because, I mean, there's not a whole lot left that you there's not like really a fridge, need to there's, fill there's in no the cornerstones at this point. Right, right. Yeah. So um, if they do keep that first round pick, I do have them taking Michael Myers. I do think he would be a stellar addition to this team. He fills the need at tight end that they so sorely need. Um, but the trade that I did have them uh, accepting was from the Colts. The Colts traded, um, I believe it was their second round pick and Mo Alley Cox oh, to wow. the Bengals um, in return for that first round. So I did have them making that trade. Obviously, Mo Alley Cox, he's not the star tight end that every team looks for but he's pretty I mean, solid him and, him and irv smith that's a great tight end those, those are two tight ends the, that you can P- definitely rock with make a deep playoff run with them on your roster did the pff mock draft simulator come up with an actual like plausible decent trade yeah i know i mean wow you and i talked about some of the trades that they were throwing at me yeah before the show oh my goodness it was but, yeah they, they were outlandish but this was a this was a good one that's why i analyzed it and i thought about it like realistically if i'm the Bengals, i would accept that trade because yeah you know like we said at the end of the first round the main needs that you have there's not many players that are first round caliber mm-hmm. waiting to go at that point no i get it so if you just trade down into the second into the early second round <clears throat> excuse me with the colts not only are you freeing yourself from making probably a very questionable pick that would you know you never know how that's going to play out for your franchise and your front office right, and right. how your fan base will react so just give up that pick gain a pretty solid tight end in return and an early second round pick and clear the board with that. Yeah. And then that brings us to uh pick number 60 for them. I think here, if they go corner round one, they should take Darnell Washington from Georgia because uh, this guy is one of the craziest athletic human beings Easy. anyone has ever laid eyes on. And I think he, he would fit right. He, He's just like George Pickens. He is Black Air Force yep. One energy. Yep. Uh, he'd be perfect to me AFC North. Mitch, anything from you with the Bengals at 60? Yeah, I had that exact pick for them at pick oh, 60. Yeah. <laughs> Darnell Washington, baby. <laughs> All right, so I actually have something different, but um, I'm going to go with pick 35 since I did trade yeah, that first yeah, pick go as ahead, well. Man. So with the 35th pick, I had them filling in that safety slot. Um, Surprisingly, Brian Branch has been sliding down yeah. the draft board yeah, he was quite like, a bit. He was a top fifteen. He was top fifteen he projected was because I, I believe in in first, our in our mock draft. I thought he, he went, went top early. twenty. Yeah, he, he went, went top twenty in ours. And um, I mean, he's slowly starting to slide down. He's still a very good safety. And I mean, like we talked about the Bengals, they need safety. So I think Brian Branch would be the fail safe option, the safest pick that you can possibly have in that position. And at the sixtieth pick, I actually have them addressing the running back problem. Okay, uh, I have them taking Tank Brigsby out Ooh, of Auburn. I that's think just that, the, that that is an incredible name. I think that's that an incredible name. If Joe Mixon plays, again, that remains to be seen. Yeah. I think that Tank is a phenomenal second option that you can have, especially with him being a rookie, especially with the level of player that Joe Mixon is. I think, you know, yeah. that's a pretty safe pick. Even if Joe Mixon doesn't play, what I saw out of Tank Brigsby when I would watch some Auburn football throughout the uh summer and uh 
fall last year, I saw legitimately one of the best running backs in the near oh, future yeah. in the NFL. There is almost nothing that he can't do. You he's could, an all-around complete running back, you could and say I think he's the Bengals should take him. I mean, yeah, you can really say uh, that Tank I, I, I had is to a make tank, that, I had but, to make that pun. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. I was thinking it too. You you right. were you were just saying what we're all thinking. And that, <laughs> that brings us to pick number 92. I think the Bengals go interior here, and I think they go with Moro Ojama from Texas right now. Uh, pick 94. I think his ADP at, on PFF is right at 93, and the Bengals are at 92. I think that target perfect. Yeah, pretty solid. Anything from you, Mitch? Yeah, I agree with that pick there. I also had Sidney Brown as an option. Ah, uh, yes. Another one I like. I was I was contemplating picking him for Cincy, but then I'm like, I don't want them to be that good. <laughs> uh, I have them taking an offensive lineman, but I have them taking a center because, again, for some reason, the AFC North, we just don't have centers. We like no. good we like we like good offensive. We have a lot linemen. of good guards. Uh, but a lot of good tackles, a lot of good guards. No one's snapping the ball. No one could snap in the ball. So I do have them taking uh, Joe Tipman out of Wisconsin. I think okay. he's a pretty solid pickup, pretty serviceable for him to be your secondary option to start the season, possibly slide him into the starter slot as the season goes on. Um, but I think that he's the perfect guy that you want to have snapping the ball to Joe Burrow. You know, Joe Tipman, Joe Burrow. Joe to Joe. Joe to Joe. Make it happen. All right. And then uh, anything you guys think Cincinnati should target on day three just to fill out the roster? Yeah, I think for day three, I did put secondary players, but I'm assuming that they're going to take a safety with either 28 or 60. Like we already mentioned, Brian Branch, I think he's outstanding. I think he's one of the most underrated players in the draft. Yeah, he should not be falling the way he is. I understand he's a safety, but like he is he's insane. He's amazing. He is amazing. He'll be one of the best defensive players as a rookie this year, I think. But Oh, without a doubt. Yeah, I had running back depth with all those question marks in that room, and that was just it, running back and secondary for the Bengals. Yeah, I had that too. I had power back, but then I think uh, just offensive line depth uh, because you're going to have to pay Joe Burrow here uh, pretty much the entire city of Cincinnati's GDP uh, to keep him in town. So you might as well protect that investment because it's going to be a lofty one. Pat, anything that you think since he should target? Um. They got to target some defensive linemen. I mean, their defensive line has always been a little soft throughout Cincinnati's mm-hmm. existence as a franchise. I think. Uh, let me focus on that. Um, maybe a slot receiver because you can't just yeah. rely on only Jamar Chase and uh, Tyler Boyd. It's not how it works. Okay. So they gotta they gotta look at something there, and then also you know continuously building that offensive line. It's Nowhere close to what it should be for a quarterback of Joe Burrow's caliber. The guy you're going to have to pay, you know, $300 million to. Yeah, because, I mean, Joe Burrow, I I mean, honestly, any quarterback that wants to get paid is going to want to get paid more than what Deshaun did. So it's like you got to try to get good offensive linemen for cheap. So that's the only way you can look is the draft at this stage, realistically. And, you know, speaking of a guy that wants to get paid more than Deshaun Watson, Brings us to the last team we're going to be talking about, our super fans' favorite team, the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, So the Ravens' offseason, it's been been quite the thing. Uh, They brought in Odell Beckham Jr., Nelson Aguilar, uh, Trayvon Mullen, and they re-signed Geno Stone and Deshaun Phillips. Uh, And they lost Calais Campbell. They traded Chuck Clark to the Jets. 
and Lamar Jackson has uh, put in a trade request. So they're hurting, but I'm smiling. <laughs> I have no idea what to make of this offseason because Lamar was apparently mad at the franchise, but then because they paid Odell Beckham Jr. guaranteed money that could have been going to Lamar, Lamar's now happy and cool. I, I'm struggling to understand the dynamic of that. So do you guys have any thoughts on uh, the Ravens situation? Because uh, um, I don't know if you guys are on SPT soon. Now's your time to get your thoughts out. Uh, I'm actually on this Sunday. Oh, so yeah, I will well, give no, my little hey, spiel well, then, hey, but I will no, also now give you my can little plug. spiel Go now. listen to SPT Rewind and listen to Pat Webber's take on this, guys. And listen to me absolutely trash the Ravens. Exactly. <laughs> so we have to so, talk you know, about them. Don't give it away too much here. But, I mean, well... I mean, Lamar Jackson, it's obvious he wants out of Baltimore, despite the fact that, yes, they brought in OBJ. I mean, realistically, one receiver and Nelson Aguilar uh, for your one and two. Aguilar, Bateman, and that, uh, Odell Beckham Jr. coming off two ACL tears. Yeah, Devin DuVernay. I, I genuinely <laughs> – Well, they have Mark Andrews, too. That well. is that is like one of the worst receiving cores I've ever heard. That okay, is, first, I say, it makes me happy that at least I know no matter how bad the Steelers are going to be this year, I know the Ravens will be worse. So, you're not paying a 31-year-old coming off two torn ACLs $18 million. Exactly. Instead, we have to pay uh, – Actually, we don't really – The Browns are paying anything. Amari Cooper 15 and that's like if he meets all his incentives. Yeah, it's so it's – you know, with what's going on in Baltimore, it's it's questionable. I think yeah, to say the yeah, least. So, if, uh, if Lamar leaves, then they're left with – a gaping hole, obviously, so, that needs to be filled at some right, like, point. Let's assume they do not trade Lamar Jackson prior to the draft, and they still have picks uh, 22, 86, and 124. They don't, they don't have picks. Uh, moral of the story, they don't have picks. They have a lot of holes. They don't have picks. Uh, so what do you guys think are Baltimore's uh, three main needs going into this draft? Because they, they're going uh, to they're gonna have to hit the nail on the head three times because they they don't have picks they need a quarterback i think that goes without saying even if they don't trade lamar i mean i i would assume that even if they don't trade lamar he will sit out this season kind of like with what a rod's going to do if the packers don't trade him sometime soon to the jets he's not gonna play again um i can see lamar jackson doing the exact same thing because he's made it very clear that he is not happy with what's been going on in Baltimore yeah. at all. Um, so I do think that regardless on if he gets traded or not, that he will not play this upcoming season in a Baltimore Ravens uniform one way or another. So I think they have got to get a quarterback at some point. Um, luckily for them, there's some pretty solid QBs in this draft that'll even fall late in the first. Yeah. So that's a okay. plus. Uh, that, that's a big upside for the Ravens. Um, I was a- they still got to focus on wide receivers because Odell Beckham ain't going to cut it. Nelson Aguilar definitely is not going to cut well, it. He'll get cut before you know he you know cuts it. They'll literally get cut. So yeah, um. <laughs> um, and running back as well because I love J.K. Dobbins, but he is super injury prone. That's the that's that's so. the Baltimore Ravens motif. Everyone gets injured. If you look at their injury reports, at some points in the year they will have over twenty bodies on that, and uh, they're ninety percent of the time all offensive players. Yeah. So they have got to get, you know, just offense. Get offense. Yeah, Mitch, your biggest uh, needs for the Baltimore Ravens. 
Yeah, and the Ravens make me sad because they have two of my favorite inside linebackers in the entire NFL. Oh, they're paying them all guaranteed <laughs> money too, which is funny because they're paying inside linebacker guaranteed money and they won't pay Lamar Jackson guaranteed money. It, it doesn't make sense to me. And I'm supposed to believe that they're like this perfectly well-run organization. I'm no. okay. Yeah. I'm, I shouldn't be this angry at 10 a.m. on a Friday morning, but about, now I about am. About not the Browns. I, I know. I know. Okay. Uh, anyway, Mitch, sorry to interrupt you, man, but keep yeah, going. No, I get it. The Roquan Smith deal makes me question things too, but, you know, you said focus on offense, and I think there's also many needs that they have on defense as well. As far as edge rusher, I know they have Owe, but who else? I mean, they just lost Calais. I they lost Justin Houston too because he's yeah. a free agent. They're also both old, so yeah. And that was two of their and most like, productive guys. They don't have the cap space to replace them, and they don't have the draft capital to replace them adequately. It, oh, it's a terrible makes situation. Makes me smile. <laughs> makes me smile. <laughs> and yeah. cornerback, they have Marlon Humphrey, and who else? Oh wait, wait, wait! Do you remember when Marlon Humphrey choked out Odell during that 2019 game when yes. the Browns played the yes. Ravens? Now they're teammates. Oh. I didn't even put that together till now. Those are going to make some interesting practices. I cannot wait to see like the training camp clips. That's like, I want the uh, Ravens to have hard knocks with Lamar holding out Odell and Marlon fighting every day. That that game with the way that they fought. You guys remember? Um, oh my God, who was it? Michael Crabtree and oh oh Crabtree and oh Akeem Talib and Akeem Talib. That's <laughs> he that, his, that is like he snatched his chain. That was like basically the more modern day version of that. And oh. That wasn't even that long ago when you think about no, it. No, that was that 2019. Was like more, that was 2019. That Week was like four. the more modern day of that. Oh, this has been a really that was a really fun side tangent, guys. <laughs> uh, wait, Mitch, that was your three main needs for the Ravens. Oh yeah, well that was two of the. Three. Oh sorry, because you know they have Marlon Humphrey, no one else. Marcus Peters is not back. He's a free agent right now. Okay. And the other name is Brandon Stevens. That says enough. Yeah. <laughs> if you're if you're, uh, if you're wondering who's Brandon Stevens, the answer is yes. The answer is me too. Yeah, it's uh. Oh, yeah. Sounds like a guy on an infomercial. <laughs> it's, br- br- it's like a, g- it's just the generic player that you play in like the G League on 2K. Yeah, it sounds like you just went uh, over to like your creative player and hit random on the name. Yep. And then we're like, all right, good to go. Let's play. Let's go, Brandon <laughs> Stevens. Your road to the show I starts now. Here. Let me talk to you about your car insurance. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. That's what I was thinking. Okay. But to get back on topic, oh. last need, I had wide receiver, and th- that speaks for itself. Yeah. Yeah. Odell Beckham, Rashad Bateman, Devin Duvernay. That's like collectively one of the worst receiver units in the NFL. Yeah. So my biggest needs for them, I think right off the rip, I have wide receiver as well. I don't think at 22, they'll be in the position to get one of the top guys. Uh, Edge is another one. Uh, You know, they lost a lot of their, uh, they lost Houston and Campbell, Mitch, as you mentioned. And I think a cornerback is another big need for them too. So, um, who do you guys see them taking at 22? I have a surprise pick. I think I have them taking a quarterback with the 22nd overall pick. I have them taking the should have been Heisman winner before he got injured. Oh, uh, quarterback out of Tennessee. I have them taking Hendon Hooker Ooh. with the 22nd overall pick because he's shooting up the draft boards. And he's starting to rise. He went from well, like, like, there's there's rising and then like because he, of his injury, like, he is like exploded. And I, I think that he, despite this late explosion, I don't think a lot of teams are going to be willing to take a gamble, especially considering the injury that he did have. I don't think a lot of teams are going to want to take that risk. 
But if you're the Ravens, you do not have a choice. Lamar yeah. Jackson, one way or another, is more like 99% not going to play wearing your uniform this season. You have got to find somebody other than Tyler Huntley to play for your team in the future. Like, no disrespect to Tyler Huntley, because I I just think he's a more well-rounded Lamar. He's, he's worse overall in skill, but I think in terms of his skill set, he's more well-rounded than right. Lamar Jackson. No, I get that. You're, you're... But he is not the guy that you want to have being your quarterback number one that's Pro like Bowl having quarter, pro bowl quarterback snoop huntley that's like having mitch trubisky for us being the starting quarterback which by the way he had a better season than tyler huntley so um huntley, maybe mitch trubisky huntley made the pro been. bowl i mean mitch trubisky had a better season so maybe mitch trubisky should have been a pro bowl a fan vote All right, <laughs> mitch you are running the ravens it's pick number 22 who are you who are your top targets yeah i actually really like that pick for the ravens in hooker but if they don't go there i think you know, you said they shouldn't look at receiver here, but I'm not sure. I, I kind of like Jordan Addison here. If he's there, I think you kind of have to. I don't know if I don't know if he'll be there. I don't know. Zay, Zay Flowers. I don't know yeah, if those are I, the two. I don't know if Flowers, Addison, or Njigba will be there at 22. Njigba and definitely will not. And be. I, yeah, and no, he will I, not be. And I don't think they can bank on having one of those guys fall. I think they. I think that's more of a luxury pick. And I don't think they're. I, I don't think they can do that right now. I think there's too many other holes. If if you're mm-hmm. not going to keep Lamar Jackson, why are you trying to appease him? Mm-hmm. Is my yeah. There's so many questionable guys too that like could be risk reward guys that they're not going to take because they can't afford to. Right. Like, this right. little amount of picks, like you can't go Nolan Smith with no no not picks. At all. Yeah, no, you can't. If it's a bust, then. I mean, their next pick is uh, 64 picks away. They are their next pick is two rounds exactly after this. The only the only way that they can possibly get a positive outcome of this entire offseason is trading Lamar Jackson to gain more draft picks. That is the only way that they are going like to see gonna, themselves out of what is haul. happening. Like, but anyway, so yeah, so you had them taking a receiver. Yeah. Uh, if I were them, I would have them probably take Delonte Banks or Joey Porter, whoever does not fall to Pittsburgh. And if one of them's still there, I think that has to be the pick with them because Marlon Humphrey is, he's been getting old for years now. I think he's to the point where he is old. So I, I don't think you can go wrong with corner. I think that's a fairly decent piece in a rebuild. If you are going to rebuild at all, I have no idea what they're going to do. I don't think anybody does. I don't think they know what they're going to no, do. No, <laughs> no. And that takes us to pick number 86 in the end of the third round. Uh, Mitch, I'll throw it right to you, man. Yeah, uh, very interesting situation. But I had them going Carl Brooks here from Bowling Green. Hey, so did I. Hey, matching <laughs> hey, picks. I think that actually is a really good pick for them in this situation. If you can't trade Lamar and get the haul that you need, Carl Brooks is a reliable option here who shouldn't be one of those big question marks and he should be able to step in and start right away for you. Yeah. Pat. Uh, I've been taking a linebacker with this pick because let's be honest, it's not a Baltimore Ravens draft. If you don't without, take a linebacker, taking a yeah. linebacker. So I have them taking Ivan Pace Jr. out of Cincinnati. Okay. Oh, I like the Ivan Pace pick. I think he, he's a sleeper pick Yeah, by far. And I think that honestly he fits, I mean, Baltimore's style of, Drafting those physical linebackers yeah. to just absolutely hound uh, ball carriers trying to get out in uh, open field. So I think that that would be a pretty solid pick for them. And like I said, you know, the Ravens can't go a single 
draft without taking a linebacker no. at some point. So you might as well get a decent one while he's on the board. Yeah, and so um, I was going to go Carl Brooks here, but then I'll go with my second option, and that's wide receiver A.T. Perry out of Wake Forest. He's one of the only true outside receivers. I think at this point Odell and Aguilar pretty much have to play the slot. Uh, so I think A.T. Perry would be a very decent piece in the Todd Monk and offense. And so that takes us to the latest pick in this little hypothetical mock draft we're talking about. Pick 124 in the middle of the fourth round. We are going deep in the weeds for this one. Uh, who do you guys think Baltimore should target on day three? Well, pick. Well, this is on day three, but day uh, three, but uh, pick. This is the we're doing their earliest three picks, and uh, that's not great. No, that's Jeez. not great. This is their third pick, and it's day three. Uh, I have them eyeballing a running back. Like I said, they do need to have somebody that can back up J.K. Dobbins instead of mm-hmm. literally just praying to God and signing eight free agents that are well out of their primes yeah. to try to fill that hole. So I have them taking Kendra Miller out of TCU. I think he's going to be a solid backup for J.K. Dobbins. I like it. I see no reason why, you know, in the event that Dobbins does get hurt again, that he wouldn't be able to step up right away and be that uh, first option for their offense. And I think that him going in the third round is going to be a big steal for the Ravens, uh, obviously, if they can land him. Um, so I see no other reason why they shouldn't look to running back, and especially with the level of talent that is there waiting with uh, Gendry Miller. Yeah. All right, Mitch, I'll throw it to you. Yeah, I had a little bit of a different direction here. I do think running back is a very big need for them as well, but I had either an edge rusher or a receiver, and if they were to go edge rusher, I think Colby Wooden would be a good option here. He's 6'4", around 275, got decent size on him. And if they were to go receiver, I actually have Parker Washington from Ooh, Penn State. Yeah, I like Parker Washington. I was also thinking uh, Tyler Scott. Yeah. Another one to keep an eye on. Uh, but, you know, I also have them going edge in with their third pick. Uh, and I have them taking Keon White out of Georgia Tech. I can't really say much about him. Did not think I'd be looking into day three prospects when I was doing the outline for this. Hey, so. you got to do what you got to do sometimes. <laughs> Baltimore, man. man. Their their only realistic option to stay afloat is to trade Lamar Lamar Jackson. Otherwise, like I said, I I doubt he plays. Well, you know, we don't we don't know what the Ravens were doing, but I could say the all all three of us knew what we were doing here on this very fun episode of the the very fun episode of our (laughs) mock draft series. The AFC North mock draft featuring the Seattle Seahawks has come to an end. Thank you all for listening, and we will be back in just a few short weeks with an NFL Draft recap episode where we'll talk about some of our favorite picks, our team specifically, and who who do we think won the draft. So until then, we will see you all. My name was Matt Bermuka, and I was joined by Patrick Weber and Mitch Bates. And that concludes it. Thank you guys for listening. Have a good one.